You're listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here are your hosts, Christy, Amber, and Scott. Hey, it's Old Tiny Crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott. And I'm Amber. And I'm going to tell them a story they don't know. Uh, my sources for this are Buckner F. Melton Jr. on Encyclopedia.com, Murder by Gaslight, Historical Society of the New York Courts, Wikipedia, Library of Congress, Atlas Obscura, and Steve Medeja on Secrets of Manhattan. Ooh, Ooh, Manhattan secrets. Dirty, naughty secrets of Manhattan. Dirty and naughty, yes. Uh, this is the story of Levi Weeks. So... Imagine a Sunday evening in December 1799. It's just before Christmas in New York City. It's snowing. Everything's jolly. Good moods abound. It's festive as shit. I refuse to believe anything is ever jolly in New York City. (laughs) At any point in history. Even like the deer back before humans even settled. No Native Americans, just the deer on that. Island. What the fuck are you looking at, Bambi? No, it's that. That is not a happy <laughs> town. I refuse to believe anything you say from here on out. Well, there was one woman who was not jolly. This I believe. The festive crowd is all a murmur, and then screams pierce the night. It's a woman yelling, "Murder!" and "Oh, save me!" All right, rewind to July 1799. Now we have uh, one Elma Sands, and I have to tell you, even though I don't think I'm going to be able to, that that is short for Julielma. What? Okay. It's even spelled with a G just to make it even more confusing. So Julielma, uh, Elma for short, she's 22. She lives with her cousin, Catherine Ring, and Catherine's husband, Elias, in uh, New York City on Greenwich Street. So they run a border house and they get a new border named Levi Weeks in July of 1799. Now Levi is 23, he's a carpenter and his brother is an architect of some renown. His name is Ezra Weeks. Uh, he's done some some architecting, architecture. He's done some designing for, <laughs> some, for some really important people. And so, he, Levi uh, moved to New York to work for Ezra the prior year and supervised workers at his brother's building sites. Now, Levi and Elma start spending a lot of time together, sometimes in her room with the door locked. A lot of of time getting right in there, just smacking it around, in and out, thrusting, friction, time. And it is pretty obvious that they're banging from he would show up at late hours and leave at late hours. I was talking uh, about pipe fitting. You, you sick bastards. I know. I know. <laughs> I have a dirty, dirty mind. And uh, Elma was they would find Elma's clothes lying around in strange spots in the boarding house. And of course, <laughs> there were the sounds. <laughs> Fun sounds. And in September, Catherine left because there was a fever going around. And I'm, I, there was never a reason given for this, but I just imagine maybe she's really prone to fevers and wanted to avoid it. And so for about six weeks, there wasn't that, that 
you know, overarching presence. And Elma and Levi were practically living together at that point. And this was scandalous. Uh, everybody was like, I really hope those two are going to get married because otherwise I'm going to need to clutch my pearls real hard. Like, real hard. I say, and like people raising their monocles, getting exactly. like repetitive mo motion stress to their joints just from all the monocle raising. I've got carpal tunnel. They wouldn't have called it carpal tunnel. There. I've got the demon wrist from how many times I've had to lift my monocle. <laughs> I went a different direction in my head with the clutching of the pearls. Uh -huh. Oh, God. <laughs> I went a different direction on myself with the demon wrist. Uh, that's a good name for <laughs> masturbation in the 1800s. I like it. I yep. like it. <laughs> He's got the demon wrist. So Elma is actually not in great health, and throughout this fall, she seems to have some mental health issues. There's some depression. Uh, there's some talk of killing herself with laudanum. She's picking fights with other boarders and has these, like, giant mood swings. And some people are starting to wonder if she's pregnant. But then there's some good news, and she's basically walking on air at this time and keeping in mind this this abrupt shift from from the depression to the happy different people are going to have different memories uh, and stances on how she was mentally during this time period and she lets slip to uh elias's sister hope uh who also lives at the boarding house that uh, she and levi are going to elope on december 22nd but she swears her to secrecy no one can know now of course we know secrets don't last long uh word gets out to Catherine, and she says can i come to the wedding and elma says eh, leave i really wouldn't like that so on december 22nd uh, Catherine helps her get dressed and everything levi is there and then the two just kind of disappear there's there's no witnesses to them leaving there's just sort of a communal agreement around the boarding house that it, you know, it definitely happened. They left together because we saw the two separately in this place. And then we heard footsteps on the stairs. We saw the door opening and closing. And the door was actually really heavy and loud because it was broken. And this was all around eight o'clock. Soon after that, she's glimpsed by a friend in town, but they don't get to talk very much. And somebody pulls her away and says, let's go. But the friend doesn't see who it is. So... It's about a half an hour after this last sighting of her that they start, that they hear the cries of murder and, you know, oh, save me. But nobody really knows, you know, is able to find her or even really tries to look, apparently. I don't it's, like that word sighting. Sightings makes it sound like she's a cryptozoological marvel. Like she's uh, victim squatch. I mean, no, she's not. She could be. This is true. This I is like true. victim squash. Victim squatch. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. They think that the cries are heard around Manhattan Wells, and the Manhattan Well was pretty recently built. So Levi comes back to the boarding house around 10, and he's all just surprised. He's like, I'm just shocked that she would be out so late alone. What, what do you mean she was with me? No, she wasn't. Is she showing her ankle to other men? How dare she? Oh. I will clutch my pearls even though I'm a man and don't have any. I'll clutch she, my monocle. She's out there trying to vote. I know it! <laughs> How dare she think for herself? Now, it doesn't take long for Catherine to get suspicious. And she confronts Levi. She says, I know all about the secret engagement. And he is really unhappy about her having this knowledge. But, you know, 
what's he gonna do? Go confront Elma? She's gone. Can't really go yell at her. So two days later, some of her belongings are found near the well. About a week after the disappearance, a little boy is drawing water from the well, and he pulls out the muff that she had borrowed from a neighbor. Go then ahead, Amber. Elias- Go ahead, Amber. You, muff. You, you gotta have. You gotta have something to say about the word muff. I do, but Max is down here right oh. now, so I'm muting it. Sorry. Right. No problem. <laughs> So Elias Ring finally gathers up some help and they go and they sound the well with poles, which it sounds so uh, technical, but I think it's just poking the well with poles. I'm pretty sure it's just, you know, did your pole feel anything? No. Did your pole feel anything? Why does this sound so sexual? I, I know. We're, we're just there. <laughs> yeah. Boy, CSI and, techniques have gone a long way from like, poke it with a stick to DNA. In just three hundred really, years, right? yeah. I really that that's fun though. Like, does your pole feel anything? Does it? Like, this, there's menage books about this kind of stuff. Just saying. Yeah. It's called docking. <laughs> so the the poles do feel something, and Elma Sand's body is retrieved on January second, eighteen hundred. Now, do you guys want to guess whether she was pregnant or not? She was pregnant. She was pregnant and the boyfriend was married. She was not pregnant. What? I know. She was, however, beaten very badly, and it's not really known whether she was alive or not when she was tossed down the well. She was beaten on the head, breast, back, belly, and sides, and also possibly strangled. They have some bruise marks around her throat. They actually display her body on the street in front of the boarding house. Now, there's a couple of different reasons given for this. One is, you know, to get the outrage going. And one is, well, people kept on coming by to see her. And the boarding house was getting so full that we needed more space. We just put the coffin out on the street. Wow. I know, right? (laughs) People are pissed to see how she was treated. There's a feller. Well, he is a feller. That worked. There's a fellow boarder named Richard Croucher, and he had some beef with Levi even before this. There's speculation that he had his eye on Elma. He even, this dude, made pamphlets accusing Levi of killing Elma. Pamphlets. Jesus Christ. He got out the Adobe Illustrator or some shit. You know what, though? Like, if we couldn't make Facebook posts about it, we would probably make pamphlets. That That is very true. That's an excellent point. So I have a quote that you guys are going to like from the New York Gazette and General Advertiser. And just wait until I'm finished with the quote, because I know you're going to want to jump in at a specific point. But alas, little did she suspect that the arrangements she had been making with so much care, instead of conveying her to the Temple of Hymen, would direct her to that born from which no traveler returns. I heard that snort. (laughs) I was very surprised by this. I couldn't help it. (laughs) <laughs> I had to do a little Googling, and it was interesting Googling, but Hymen is actually the Greek god of marriage. Oh, that's not where I went with that. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. Crazy. Temple of Hymen. Crazy Greek <laughs> bastards. <laughs> so only a week after her body is recovered, Levi Weeks is indicted for her murder. And he's like, I need some good lawyers. So he grabs three. He grabs Henry Brockholst Livingston, Aaron Burr. Wait, Aaron Burr? 
Aaron yeah. Burr, and wait for it, Alexander Hamilton. Yo, you're <laughs> shitting me. I'm not shitting you at all. These two work together on his case. There is speculation as to how they ended up involved with the case. Some people said, well, both of them are pretty prone to sex scandals. They probably empathize with Levi Weeks. There's also uh, some people say, well, Ezra Weeks has some money, so he probably paid for it. Or there's also the fact that Hamilton, who was the founder of the Bank of New York, was in debt up to his eyeballs to Ezra. And Ezra was like, I'm calling it in. I'll cancel it if you represent my brother. And Burr was also in the same spot. He owned the Manhattan Well Company. Well, well, well. <laughs> Very I had true. to. I had to. That, that was perfect. And it was basically a bank. He he used that company just to, to borrow and, and lend money and also build a, a well. And those are now uh, respectively uh, BNY Mellon and Chase. They are up against prosecutor Cadwallader David Colden. No, they are not. No. They absolutely are up against prosecutor Cadwallader David Colden. I want you guys to say that because it's fun to say. Cadwallader David Colden. Uh, I, I feel like you're drunk. <laughs> Cadwallader David Colden? <laughs> Camel ladder David Colladder. No, it's just, I can't. Fuck it. I'm done. He is the future mayor of New York and current haver of a fun name to say. The only reason he got elected mayor was that fucking name. I guarantee it. <laughs> the trial starts on March 31st, and they didn't have real business hours in court at this point in time. They went 15 hours, and then at like 1 a.m. or so, everybody was like, we're tired. Can we just do more of this tomorrow? And so on April 1st, First, they started up again, and then they went until 2.25 in the morning. Jesus Christ. <laughs> These people were tireless. So the evidence. The prosecution had witnesses who saw Elma in a one-horse sleigh, very jingle bellsy, uh, that was exactly like one owned by Ezra Weeks, pulled by a horse exactly like one owned by Ezra Weeks, with two men the night she disappeared. Two the, men? She's a little freaky. <laughs> Two men. The defense is like, well, we have witnesses that say Levi was with Ezra and some other people that night. And, oh, by the way, all these people say that she was depressed and talking about laudanum, so she probably committed suicide. Except she, by, instead of doing it the way she talked about, she just threw herself into the well. And, oh, yeah, by the way, she slept with Elias Ring, the uh, cousin-in-law. I'm not surprised. Yes. I would say yes, probably. So there are people shouting, crucify him outside the courthouse. And apparently Elias Ring made a few scenes and had to be removed a couple of times from the court scram court transcript. There's notes in there that like, note, Elias Ring had to be removed before, but he's back now. And then they had to remove him again. Jesus, just behave yourself in court. I just wanted you guys to know the, the trouble I go through for you guys. Uh, I read the tr court transcript, which was, again, from 1800, and it was from the time when all the S's were F's. So S's and Sam was F as in Frank. So we have wonderful words like promise and surprise. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then we have, uh, okay, so what, there, there's three judges, and the Chief Justice is John Lansing Jr. He basically says at the end of all the testimony and everything, he says, everything here that was presented from the state was circumstantial, and he didn't tell the jury exactly to acquit. He both basically told them there's not enough proof for a guilty verdict, so go go off on your way and spend five minutes deliberating, and five minutes stay spent. That's it? <laughs> five minutes... <laughs> Just five good minutes. Just, okay, we're done. They didn't even bother with a cigar afterwards. Yeah, wow. usually you do the five minutes and you smoke a cigar for 15 and then you come back like, we thought about this. <laughs> exactly. And they come back with an acquittal. Catherine Ring is not ha happy about this. She yells to Hamilton, if thee dies a natural death, I shall think there is no justice in heaven. Spoilers. Is, is there justice in heaven? Apparently there is. Oh, dear. <laughs> it was only four years later that he died in his duel with, with Burr himself. Uh, Burr also, this seemed like a bit of a curse. Aaron Burr had a shit time. He had a daughter die. He had a stroke. He had all this shit going on. He died in 1836 on the same day his divorce papers were served. Well, I mean, that saved a lot in court costs. True, but then you have the funeral costs. Yeah. Uh, and then the judge, Lansing, he just disappeared 30 years after the trial. He walked out of his hotel and he was never seen again. I think we got next week's old tiny crimey. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it's not very long. There's not a whole lot to it. Uh, now this is, you'll notice I said I read the transcript. We don't have any transcripts from before this because this is the very first murder trial in the United States for which we have one. Really? Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And people do not agree with the verdict. They harass Levi Weeks to the point that he flees to Mississippi. And he goes down there and he follows in his brother's footsteps. And he's an architect. He gets married. He has four children. And he dies in 1819 at the ripe old age of 43. It's pretty bad whenever I outlive somebody. I'm not the healthiest man in the world. Jesus. <laughs> but you know what? Like, what was, what was the, the normal age of death back then? Well, we'll look it up real quick. And you know what? Here's the thing. How bad is your life that you have to flee to Mississippi? <laughs> That's someplace was... you flee from, not to. He actually surpassed the life expectancy. See? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, We're elderly I mean... right now in that time. <laughs> I yeah, wonder, right. I wonder, though, if with the life expectancy average of that time, if you took out all the... Uh, all the people who died from childbirth. Like, if you wipe out all that, like, people who died in childbirth, babies and mothers included, what the life expectancy becomes then? Yeah, that definitely, it does have a huge effect on, on the life expectancy. Um, it's basically, the one thing I pulled up doesn't have information before 1860, but at that point in 1860, it was 39.4. So not very long. All right. Now, do you guys think Levi Weeks did it or not? Yes. There is not. A, I can't say yes or no. There isn't a huge amount of evidence, you know, to go either way with this. I mean, the judge was right that everything that the prosecution had was circumstantial. And then we have this. You remember our good pamphlet friend, Richard Croucher? Yes. Mm -hmm. He left New York about a year after the trial and everything. He went down to Virginia. He molested a child and was found guilty. 
But before he could be sentenced, he flittered off to England, where he strangled a woman to death and then was executed for it. Should have went huh. to Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Would have lived to 43. Mm-hmm. Now, the Manhattan well was largely forgotten until it was rediscovered in the 1990s by a bistro that made a wine cellar. Uh, the bistro was up. They, they found basically the well in the wine cellar. And then everything got kind of spooky. Okay. Okay. You had my interest and now you have my erection. Continue. <laughs> There were uh, male employees of the bistro would complain that every time they were in the cellar, they just got a creepy feeling. They were uncomfortable. Waiters would get locked in there. Wine bottles and glasses would be thrown around. And of course, of course, a busboy saw a ghostly woman wearing an 18th century clothing and she was dripping wet. Ooh. And, and someone who lived nearby the bistro said the same woman came out of his waterbed. Oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder she was dripping wet. She came out of the water, Beth, oh right? Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Some good drugs. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I love shit like that, man. I fucking love, I adore stuff like that. Like, that is something I've never, I've never heard, never, ever heard of a ghost coming out of the waterbed. Like, does right. it just, like, lift up from the waterbed itself? Did he have the cap off to the mattress? And she just, like... Like just fell out of it? Was she napping in it? I need to know these things. And we'll never know. The Manhattan Well is now in the basement of the COS clothing store in Soho. You have to make a special request to get to it. For example, when it was featured on Travel Channel's 10 Most Haunted Places in America. Oh, not even close. I know, right? Not even <laughs> close to the 10 Most Haunted Places in America. Getty's, My basement's more haunted. I, I would say five of the ten is like is like fucking Gettysburg. Definitely five yeah. out of ten. Gettysburg. I love Gettysburg. Gettysburg is awesome. Gettysburg is great. I love I, just the the amount of creepy shit that happens in Gettysburg, just God damn, if I had a bean, it would really flick it. Let me... <laughs> I'll I'll flick mine for you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> This is really only tangentially related, but I went to Gettysburg on a Girl Scout trip in high school, like sophomore year, I think, and I, with friend of the show, Jamie. And while I was there, I bought this stuffed animal. It was a monkey, and its hands were like Velcroed, so like it was long arms and hands, so I could basically, I wore it around my neck in, in a picture that Jamie took. And she just recently, she sent me that picture, and she was like, oh, look at you, sitting there with your monkey around your neck and your... 90s cargo pants and your big grin right in front of a battlefield where hundreds of thousands of men hundreds or thousands i don't know of men died like a good future true crime podcaster mm. <laughs> and i was able to within minutes send her back a picture of me with the monkey around my neck oh, that day fantastic <laughs> i still have the monkey <laughs> i don't know how true this is or not but i did read in a book that a lot of the wounded like most of the wounded and Getty at Gettysburg, according to this book, did not die from their wounds. They were left out in the battlefield and all the bullets had weakened the fences of the local farms and the pigs got out and ate them alive. Oh no, that's horrifying. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, they said shit. like in the night, 
in the night you could hear the screams of men trying to fight off pigs that were eating them as they lay wounded on the battlefield. Oh, that is terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the story of Levi Weeks and Elma Sand. Uh, Sand, sorry. Um, and thank you so much for listening. I think we're going to continue doing the old tinies on the regular feed for a couple weeks longer before we put them back behind the Patreon wall. And we're also this week going to have a special for our patrons only that they can listen to and it's a surprise amber and scott have absolutely no idea what i was up to this week and i'm gonna tell them in just a minute so thank you for listening and we will see you uh if you're a patron we'll see you in a couple days and if you're not we'll see you on friday with a full-length episode bye 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 everybody <laughs> I may edit Why that. the Mickey Mouse? I was, trying the to hell, be, I was trying to do a female Elmo. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty was good. trying to do a female Elmo. That's... I really just pictured Mickey Mouse drowning somebody in a well. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to edit that out.